The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. With so much information to weed through of what is and is not healthy living, People everywhere are confused about proper steps to take toward finding a wellness plan that works for them. Don't climb this mountain alone. We want to give you time-tested education and research based on our own experiences and give you guidance to define what is healthy for you. Let's put the puzzle pieces together. Today, your journey begins. Take notes. Ask questions. This is Ganino Wellness Radio with Dr. John and Linda Ganino. Bringing you simplified education to apply to your everyday life. Now, here is Dr. John and Linda Ganino. Welcome, everyone, to episode two of Ganino Wellness uh, Radio on VoiceAmerica.com. I'm here with Linda today. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for spending this time with us. And we have a special guest with us today that I'll introduce in, in just a second, but uh, you're going to love to hear him. I'm actually sitting in his incredible television studio right now in Rockwall, Texas. His name is Doug Kaufman, and I would put him up against anybody in the country when the topic is fungus. So we're going to get to him in just a little bit. Last week, I just wanted to remind you about uh, what we talked about. It was Linda's experience with uh, antibiotics and vaccines as a, as a youngster that led to her overgrowth of fungus and kind of got us going down this road on how to manage this issue. Um, Years ago, we, Lynn and I took a training and, uh, from a fellow in Chicago named Stephen Dink who taught us about a, a philosophy of aging called rotting and rusting. And I want to, this is usually how I start the conversation with most of our patients in our office. It's, uh, it begins uh, probably appropriately uh, with a Bible verse. This is uh, Genesis 6-3, which I'll quote for you. It says, For I will not dwell with man forever. For he is indeed flesh, and his days shall number 120 years. And in, in January, Linda and I were in Dallas, a place called the Unity Church, at a seminar. And the person that was leading it flipped a slide up on this big screen to my left. And this uh, lady is from Tibet, and she is 120 years old. And on my right-handed screen is a picture of a lady from the Philippines who is 120 years old. So now that we know that that's a possibility and that's real... The question becomes, what causes aging? In our office, every single person on the planet, including the four people in this room with me as we speak, we're all slowly aging by rotting and rusting. Rot is the slow overtaking of our body by fungus. If we have a piece of white bread and we remove it from the wrapper and we put it on a table, we walk away for two weeks and return, that is no longer a piece of white bread. It is now a piece of green bread. Mouth, small intestine, large intestine, vaginally, everybody that can hear my voice is going through this process right now. So that age 120, you can pass on to the next phase of your, of your life. Antibiotics, steroids, birth control pills, pregnancy, living or flying at altitude, and eating sugar. Those are all things that accelerate the growth of the fungus in your body, accelerate your speed of rotting, 
and make it possible to pass away before the age of 120. The other way that we age is by rusting. We're going to put that topic on the back burner for another day, and instead, we're going to move on and introduce our guest. Now, I'm going to try to do this part without crying. Uh, 20 years ago, the roles were exactly reversed. Um, Doug was uh, a, a radio show host and heard about this uh, younger doctor um, <laughs> in town who was uh, who was treating fungus. So he had me he had me on his show, and um, and uh, it, it was uh, the start of something great, I think, for for both of us. So at any rate, um, Doug Kaufman, our guest today, is a scholar and a well full of information on fungal link and disease. He's the host of the television show Know the Cause, and you can find more about him on and his research and his show at uh, www.knowthecause.com. Doug has an amazing story of how he started studying and bringing to light the facts on fungus, starting back when he came home from the Vietnam War in 1971. And Doug, if you would give us a little of your uh, backstory on how uh, fungus uh, evolved for you. And First, let me uh, thank both you and Linda. Uh, I hadn't heard Linda's story, Dr. Ganino's wife, until just recently. And wow, a survivor. Yes. You know, congratulations. It is I who should thank be learning you. from you. Oh. Um, <clears throat> uh, yes, I was in the Vietnam War. We were corpsmen, trained for a couple of years, went through various schools. Then each of us was assigned, we were Navy corpsmen, assigned to the Marine Corps. And what a fascinating year 1970 was. But I'll fast forward. Got back from Vietnam and felt miserable. Was it Agent Orange? Was it, you know, vaccines I took, which were plentiful? What was it? And so my boss at USC Medical School, Dr. Everett Hughes, um, said, what do you feel like? And I said, I feel like a parasite. Well, I was, you know, overseas. Maybe a parasite got in me. We didn't have Google searches in 1971. So I went to the library, got a library card at USC, and I began studying fungus. The first book I opened was an early book called Parasitology. I didn't know I was studying fungus. I thought I was studying worms. One of the chapters in that book said fungus. And I thought, well, wait a minute, I don't have a fungus problem. And then I thought, wow, we peeled our socks off our feet. Our underwear stayed on us. You know, you, you almost had to have a, a knife to get your clothing off because it had rained on us. And, you know, we slept in those clothes and so forth. So I had bloody spots on my legs and at the folds of my arms where, uh, where the clothing just peeled off me. And it would itch all the time when I'd take a shower. It'd be miserable. So maybe I had a fungus problem. I would learn what doctors today are just learning, and that is fungi parasitize man. And so the rest was history. I studied what do fungus eat? You mean they have to stay alive in our bodies? Yeah, as long as you feed them carbohydrates and sugar, they thrive. Well, how do we stop feeding them carbohydrates and sugar? And what can we take to kill them? There are pharmaceutical medicines, but what about vitamin C, you know? Excellent. So. Um, as physicians, we're trained to recognize skin fungal conditions, but you believe that fungi cause health problems far deeper than layers of the skin. How, how deep can they grow? All the way. I have lectured four times this year, three times for continuing medical education to groups of physicians who are learning that fungi not only can parasitize man, but they then share man's DNA, or this is Doug's hypothesis, Fungi and human cells are called eukaryotes. Do you remember that from yep. high school or college? 
whereas bacteria are, are called prokaryotes, right? So a, a eukaryote means they have a cell wall and a nucleus with DNA in it. And I contend that fungal DNA and human DNA converge in our white blood cells and form a hybrid. Now, here's the missing link. These fungi can grow in a sack, a white rubbery sack, just like a tumor cell. And when they grow, they begin reproducing anaerobically. They don't need oxygen to reproduce. And I contend that most, mm, let me say may, most, if not many, uh, of these uh, lumps that we're calling cancer today are actually ascomycete sac fungal growths uh, that we are calling cancer and intervening with things like chemotherapy and radiation and known carcinogens once we have the disease. Wow. That's impressive. Um, and massive as far as uh, the magnitude of what, you know, what that the implication is for our country. Um, why do you think, Doug, that uh, medicine, the entity, doesn't acknowledge your discoveries? Oops, came unplugged. There you go. The journey of a thousand miles begins with step number one. I have been asked to give these lectures sometimes as the keynote speaker because I am not a physician. I contend any physician who made this discovery <clears throat> may soon have his license lost. Um, it's not just cancer. Here's the most fascinating part. While you guys are listening, you got to hear this. In order to give a research bunny cancer, we inject them with something called aspergillus. It's a mold. It forms a poison inside the bunny's body called aflatoxin. Aflatoxin is a poison made by fungus inside our bodies. It is how we give that bunny cancer. We inject them with fungus. But if we injected a different fungus that makes a different poison, this one is called streptozotocin, into a different group of bunnies, they would all get diabetes. So we know uh, that mold can induce this disease. So, Linda, when you think back, you know, decades ago to when you had your cancer, you can begin to put the antibiotics. Wait a minute. The fungus is penicillium. The poison it makes, and thank God it kills, you know, bacteria. The poison it makes is called penicillin. Yes. Yeah, for uh, two years, I was on antibiotics straight for two years long. I had repeated ear, chronic ear infections and chronic strep throat, so yes. Okay, get, uh, thank you both uh, for that input, and we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, talk with Doug some more, and then in, uh, following that, we'd love to entertain any questions that you all might have, so please uh, call or email, and uh, we'd be happy to answer them. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you interested in finding the root cause of your personal illness? We are too. At the Ganino Center for Healing, located in Heath, Texas, we know there is always more than meets the eye when it comes to disease and illness. With a 15-point wellness program designed to give you organized information and tools, we will help you to get started on the road to true health. To understand more about Ganino Center for Healing, visit GaninoWellness.com or call our new patient coordinator at 469-402-2800. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. 
Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Canino Wellness Radio. To reach our show today, call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ganinoradio at gmail.com. Now, back to Ganino Wellness Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the next segment of our show. And again, I'm Linda and I are here today, and we're visiting with Doug Kaufman. And uh, before we went to break, Doug was uh, making the suggestion that he believes that um, fungus and cancer not only may be uh, closely related to one another, but may actually be um, the same thing. And so I'm going to let him uh, expand a little bit more about that. So, Dr. Ganino and Linda, that's kind of challenging, isn't it, to think that we're diagnosing a lump as cancer. It is a tumor. It is a lump. But what made that lump? That's where in science we don't really put much effort into that. What we want to do is eradicate the lump, and I understand that. If I were a patient with a lump in my body, I want to go on too. But I want to know the cause. Uh, So cancer tumors and fungal sacs share characteristics. I've already talked about them growing anaerobically. So you're in the shower, you wash under your arm, you go, ooh, is that a little tiny pimple? Six months later, it's a golf ball under your arm. A cancer tumor can grow that quickly, as can a sac fungus. They grow anaerobically. They don't need oxygen. They both emit a poison called lactic acid, a caustic substance called lactic acid, right? Here's what's fascinating about this. They die in the absence of sugar and live in the presence of sugar and thrive in the presence of sugar. But most importantly, both emit, and this is a relatively new discovery, Volatile organic chemicals, VOCs. Now, you might have heard that word before. Have any of you ever had a kitchen or a bathroom that you thought was moldy? And so here comes the mold testing guy, and he's got a dog with him. Dogs are trained to smell volatile organic chemicals. Mold emits VOCs. Oh, by the way, so do cancer cells. You're now seeing in cancer research them using the same dogs to smell people's legs or under their arms, or once they've extracted cancer from their body, they can tell which lumps aren't and which lumps are cancer because they're inhaling these VOCs. So the further I go with my research, the more excited I become that that lump, I'm holding up my left hand here, that's called a cancer tumor, might in fact, I'm holding up my right hand now, be an ascomycete. You can look it up on the internet tonight. A-S-C-O-M-Y-C-E-T-E, ascomycete, a sac fungus. I think often they're one and the same. Yes. And, you know, we have a number of cancer miracles in our practice, and uh, these 
patients uh, use an, a number of uh, modalities for detoxification, nutrition, et cetera, but a big part of what we do for cancer is antifungals, you know, whether it's oral or IV or usually both. So uh, that supports our what we've seen in our practice with our, our patients, you know, as far as miracles and such. So, Doug, there's, a, there's some controversy out there right now as far as um, vaccines and how they might cause various maladies. And we're, Linda and I are both interested to get sort of your opinion on what you think those connections might be or not be. You are, Linda? Yes, I am, definitely. <laughs> uh, this is fascinating. I, I did this on television here about a year ago, and several of the TV stations in L.A., Chicago, and so forth posted this. It was a little video of me sitting on my set. I am the most vaccinated guy in America. Remember my history? What you guys don't know is before you go to Vietnam, you drop your drawers, you take off your shirt, and they had air guns back then in the 1969-70 time, and you walk down this seems never-ending path of other corpsmen, just boom, 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 with needles going in your, your hip, or in your arm, and you probably take on 30 vaccinations, uh, and then they hand you at the very end two hands of cotton, and you just wipe all the blood off, you know, your rear and off your arm and so forth. Now, stack that on top of all the vaccinations. Before I went into the military, you had to have this litany of them. And when I was a kid, I think it was only a sugar cube. My brother and I loved it when the nurse wasn't looking. We ate like, I'll never have polio. <laughs> we ate like 20 of those sugar no. uh, cubes and uh, absolutely loved them. And, you know, the nurse said, are you sure you took one? <laughs> took one. They're all gone. You know, <laughs> So my brother and I will never have polio. But I am really a vaccinated guy. And I'm alive. And I'm in good health. But I think it was you, as a matter of fact, it was you, learning what you do in your practice, you two. I learned that far infrared can bake some of that out of my body. So you have counseled my wife and you told her to get a far infrared at home, inexpensive, they're cheap. And there we sat listening to a great, you know, C, uh, DVD or CD, CD <clears throat> and beautiful music and we sweat and sweat and sweat and smelled bad. You know, we'd get out and shower off and so forth. And then I began running, I jogged a lot, uh, began eating differently than most people my age and good health ensued. All those vaccinations, uh, turned out to leave my body, I truly believe. And I think people who have been vaccinated a lot need to consider that. Vaccines are a little taxing on the immune system. Fungi, 75% of those that are pathogenic are immunosuppressive. So you put those two together. If you're living in a moldy home or on lots of antibiotics or eating corn or a lot of peanuts, those two products are commonly impregnated with this mold. And then you go in next week for a vaccine, just be ready. I mean, you might further tax your immune system. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I wanted to shift now, Doug, and uh, ask you what uh, role you think uh, diet has in being able to control uh, fungal overgrowth. So the first thing I'd like to do, if you don't mind, Dr. Ganino, is defer to Linda. She probably made some diet changes 20, 30 years ago that were immense, or did you? Oh, yeah. Um, I was your most famous uh, sugarholic, uh, sugar Sec addict. Second most famous. <laughs> oh, second most famous, yes. Um, it, but I got the adrenaline high. Basically, I was an adrenaline junkie. All that sugar was what I 
attained my energy from as opposed to from food I was getting it from sugar and adrenaline so yes I had some drastic changes in fact the first three months of being on um, the no sugar diet I was depressed mm. that taking such a happy part of my life away from me was depressing uh, and it took about nine months for me to be completely unaddicted to sugar and that sugar high. So, yes, a uh, change to high vegetables, uh, uh, you know, higher quality proteins. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, this is fascinating, <clears throat> and here's why. You heard me say that in the presence of sugar, fungi thrive and cancer thrives. In the absence of sugar, they both go away. I mean, we have all these studies that are so similar, and yet I was reading on today, uh, the American Cancer Society says, here's the diet we would recommend. Remember, guys, millions of people have cancer, so it's a big job for them. They're not doing anything wrong. I just have to be concerned about how they're educating the people going on their website, millions of people. For example, they say, make sure you eat whole grains. What did we used to eat, half grains? Whole grains all of a sudden are the big thing. Grains are commonly impregnated with fungal mycotoxins. How about no grains? When I said that 40 years ago, oh, the dietitians out there just hated me. And still to this day, many dietitians think we need grains. I am living proof that you don't. Number two, the American Cancer Society, and I agree with them on this, eat wholesome foods. I use the word organic, non-GMO, but eat wholesome foods, vegetables, fruits, and so forth. I, I agree with that, especially green vegetables. Fungus hates them. Your body loves them. Chlorophyll is really, really good. And then finally, the American Cancer Society takes on the same position that the American heart, American lung, American finger, American ear, you know, they all say the same thing. And that is, if you're a woman, you can have one drink a day. If you're a man, you can drink a couple beers a day. And that is called moderation. So one day on my show, I took two 12-ounce beers or water and poured it into one of those five-gallon glass. And I'm telling you, in a month, these people are saying three to four gallons of alcohol is okay to drink if you have a disease. By the way, alcohol is now intimately linked with five cancers. So says WebMD. Five cancers, breast, prostate, etc., are intimately linked with antibiotics and with alcohol. So it's really, we have to be so careful out there what diet then doesn't feed fungus? That's the standard American diet. The acronym is SAD. Uh, what diet? What diet do you want to eat to avoid getting fungal conditions, or if you have one, to begin feeling better? Eatwhatfungusdoesn't.com. You know, eat what fungus doesn't. Yeah. Greens, meats, yeah. and I'm telling you, there's two kinds of meat in America. One is the stuff you buy in stores with uh, Xeranol, which is an estrogenic mycotoxin, a growth hormone. You're now seeing these big companies like, you know, the fast food joint saying, we will not knowingly use antibiotics. Well, you did. You did for decades. Why all of a sudden are you going off that? Folks, be careful. There's a new kid on the block. The antibiotics are going away because of cross-contamination. We're now antibiotic resistant because we've been eating those burgers. Now the new kid is something called Xerelinone. It's a poisonous estrogenic mycotoxin. Came in our food about 30 years ago. The European Union won't touch it, but it's a growth promoter. So out go the antibiotics that made the cows fat. You don't sell a chicken, a pig, or a cow based on good looks or high IQ. 
You know, you sell them on weight. And now this new kid on the block called Xeranol is estrogenic. We're seeing women with positive estrogen receptor uh, cancers. I'm telling you, just be careful out there. But uh, grass-fed and grass-finished meat is what I eat, and I think it's great. Thank you, Doug. Those are those are great uh, comments. Back to the alcohol thing, just really quick. As far as I'm concerned, you know, alcohol is acid forming, and cancer grows good in an acid pH. Uh, it also feeds fungus. Uh, fungus makes your body more acidic, and um, cancer grows again good in an acid environment. More fungus grows. Fungus secretes mycotoxins, which makes you more acidic, and it's just a vicious cycle. So, uh, you know, I can't, I can't endorse alcohol for that reason. Secondly, it's, uh, as you know, Doug, it's referred to as empty calories. You know, there's, there's no nutritional value, but it does add caloric, you know, uh, mass to your, to your body. And then I was watching, uh, this was the uh, very early morning ABC News a few weeks ago, and they've, they've linked eight additional cancers to obesity now on top of the whatever there was to begin with. Um, they uh, were able to tie that in, so it, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't stand behind alcohol really at all. I think Linda and I, honestly, we have you know maybe two drinks a year on New Year's Eve, and that's that's yeah. about it. Yeah, that's about it. Same. So um, anyway, um, uh, let's uh, yeah, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we would love to field any questions that you might have either by uh, email or by telephone, and we'll catch you shortly. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you interested in finding the root cause of your personal illness? We are too. At the Ganino Center for Healing, located in Heath, Texas, we know there is always more than meets the eye when it comes to disease and illness. With a 15-point wellness program designed to give you organized information and tools, we will help you to get started on the road to true health. To understand more about Ganino Center for Healing, visit GaninoWellness.com or call our new patient coordinator at 469-402-2800. Much of the time, the illnesses that people feel are simply symptoms, and they mask the root cause of what the real health problem is. You can take back control of your own health, starting with Billionaire Healthcare. This program is hosted by Ashley Black. Our program will introduce you to fascia, which is the knowledge of the living matrix. This bit of knowledge can bring you the health secrets that only the rich and famous have known until now. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Canino Wellness Radio. To reach our show today, call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ganinoradio at gmail.com. Now... Back to Ganino Wellness Radio. Hello and welcome back, everybody. Uh, again, I'm Dr. John Ganino, and I'm here today with my wife, Linda. Hello. And Doug Kaufman is our special guest today. Uh, remember, we would like for you to like us on Facebook when you can, follow us on Twitter, and connect with us on LinkedIn. And for any more information that you might have about our practice, um, 
our website address is ganinowellness.com. So before I, uh, I, I have a question I want to ask Doug in a second, but I wanted to share a couple cases, uh, recent cases in our office that were fairly impressive. Uh, the first is a young lady who's 41 that uh, was having a sort of a, oh fatigue, joint pain, brain fog, muscle aches, uh, bloating. These are very common um, symptoms that uh, we see in our practice. And uh, she'd been to multiple doctors before uh, she came to us, including a, a very famous uh, medical institution where many people go when they can't get better at their local doctor. Anyway, they uh, had uh, they had um, no real answers for her. They diagnosed her with something called mastocytosis, which is related to, uh, you know, sort of a, an overactive immune system, we might say. But at any rate, she came in and we, we uh, put her on our program. It's mostly nutritive, oral, intramuscular, and intravenous nutrition. But I saw her back for a second visit just yesterday, and she said she'd felt quite a bit better. She wasn't where she wanted to to be ultimately, but but somewhat better than when we first met. And she said, "I got to tell you, I had that IV diflucan on Monday, which is an and you know a very strong uh, antifungal medication, uh, pharmaceutical drug." And she said, "That's that's the best I've felt in three years." Yep. And then before we went on air, I was I was telling everybody about the story about a, a another young lady, 49 years old from Knoxville, Tennessee, who uh, came to us a week ago uh, with many complaints, and um, again doctors sort of searching, not really being able to pin it down. One of the things they did, because uh, she was complaining about um, constipation and irregular bowel habits, is they decided to take out her colon, and they called it dead colon, and that's the reason they justified to uh, take her colon out. So the day I met her, she is super sweet and, uh, you know, very polite young lady, and, and she said, you know, I was asking about her bowel habits, and she said, my bowels generally move about 10 times a day, and they're watery. So that first day, I wrote her a prescription for uh, a medication called Nystatin Suspension Without Sugar. I decided to put it in a liquid form because I figured better uh, absorbed by her small intestinal villi. Double-dosed her probiotics and double-dosed her digestive enzymes, and she came back to see us today, and she said, no, my bowels are perfect. They're two to three non-effort bowel movements a day, and that was within a week's time. So. You know, we uh, we all you know sang praise uh, you know to God for uh, you know that that miracle because we were all uh, very happy about it. So, anyway, I wanted to go back to Doug now and, and ask Doug, what are your some of your favorite um, you know uh, prescription drugs and natural treatments to manage fungal? So here's here's a good start at this. <clears throat> In the late 1970s, the drug companies saw need for a new antifungal medication. So along came something called fluconazole. That's its generic. It's called diflucan. It was back then. I taught Dr. Weekly to write prescriptions for his skin eczema, for his skin psoriasis, for his granulomanulari, his dandruff, uh, of this diflucan. We found, I know what every doctor's thinking, listening to this right now, wait a minute, that can be hepatotoxic, it can be toxic to the liver. We must have written, Dr. Weekly must have written in those years we worked together, a thousand prescriptions. We never saw one elevated liver enzyme. Um, that one, it's today called the one pill vaginal yeast cure. Um, but then it was a drug approved for AIDS. Hmm, an antifungal drug that helps so many AIDS patients. Wonder what causes AIDS. I wonder if the reason they changed it to acquired immunodeficiency from human immuno 
virus was because it should have been a HIF instead of a HIV, human immunofungus, all the way to AIDS. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it just, it keeps me thinking. But there are good drugs. Sporinox is the one proven over and over again in the scientific literature to help cancer patients. It arrests, it inhibits angiogenesis, metastasis of cancer. But number two, it causes death to the cancer cell. Sporinox is a drug that you give for toenail fungus. So kiddingly, I used to tell all the, the patients who had cancer, been to my doctor, they won't give me any antifungal. And I said, paint two of those toenails black, go see a dermatologist <laughs> and they'll put you on Sporinox. I mean, it's really that simple. I don't know if any of them did, but I thought it was a pretty good idea. Uh, so do we need Lamisil, Sporinox, Griseofulvin, Ketoconazole? Do we need this handful of antifungals? If I were a clinician like you are, I'd say, well, you sure do. You want those people to come back and see you in two weeks and feel like a million bucks, and they do. In the real world, though, what we're talking about today is something called mycotoxins, not so much fungus. The fungus doesn't seem to do as much damage as the poisons that it make inside our body. So what can remediate or what can kill those mycotoxins? Here's the good news. You just reference God. You know, his people are perishing for lack of knowledge, right. and it's pretty pathetic what's going on. But the food he put here to nourish us um, is loaded. Alpha-lipoic acid, cloves, cinnamon, uh, there's zinc. You know, so many men take zinc for their prostate problems, and boy, they don't have them anymore. And I always found that was kind of interesting. Uh, zinc is both antifungal and antimycotoxin. So then that would beg a question, what is a PSA measure? I thought it was a cancer, a prostate cancer test. Nope, it isn't. It's an enzyme. It's from five different fungi. So is it a cancer test? Dick Ablin, the doctor who discovered the PSA in 1970, said that test was never a prostate-specific test, so it's name wrong, nor was it a prostate cancer test. We don't know what it is to this day, but it became a billion-dollar industry. Okay, yeah. so just think through these things, guys, when you talk about newer technology, new tests. Is it there to help mankind or is it there to pad someone's wallet? So I, I think that nature provides, if you're eating green, leafy, organic, non-GMO veggies, believe me, you're getting antifungal, antibacterial, antiviral, antiprotozoa. You're getting food uh, directly from the ground that remediates a lot of these problems. If we'd eat that way, Dr. Ganino, instead of not eating that way and then running to a doctor, um, I think things would be a little different. Yeah. That's excellent. And uh, Doug, when you mentioned HIV, it reminded me of uh, this movie from a few years back. Many of you will remember it. Uh, Linda and I saw it together. It's called The Dallas Buyers Club. It was, uh, it was based on a true story of a fellow named Ron Woodruff. It was played by Matthew McConaughey, who won the Academy Award for his role and uh, this uh, rodeo cowboy it wasn't feeling good, went to see his doctor. I'm not feeling good, doc. They do some tests. I'm sorry, Ron, you got this newly described disease. They call it HIV. And, you, you know, and we want to start treatment. And he's like, oh, you bunch of doctors. You guys are a bunch of prima donnas. You guys don't know what you're talking about. And he just walked out, walked out of the office, went out, rodeo cowboyed for about four more months. By the time he got back in there, he was about as big around as a pencil. And he said, okay, I think I'm ready to listen to what you guys have to say. And they said, I'm sorry, Ron, but you, you, you're, you're, you're dying, bro. You're going to be done in about 28, 30 days is about all you have to live. The patient, not the doctor, the patient takes it upon himself 
to start giving himself injections of peptide, little short-chain amino acid groupings to rebuild his muscle tissue, and he travels to Mexico to see an integrative doctor to give him diflucan orally and I, more so IV even than oral, and this guy with a 30-day prognosis lives 2,557 days. I'll do the math for you guys. That's seven years and one month with a 30-day prognosis. Lynn and I saw this movie on a Saturday. Monday morning, she's the first patient taking intravenous amino acids in our office. So yep, yep. pretty good stuff. Yeah, and that's fictional, they say, satirical, but yeah. Uh, they- They say stories like that, you know, that's in the movies. But I've got to tell you guys, we hear all the time about these 17-year-old kids who are told you have to have chemotherapy. And as mothers object, fathers object, families object. And yet if they don't go through chemotherapy, then some of these family institutions step in and take the child from... Something's wrong in America. Something's not right when a mother and father no longer can govern the activity of their children. Hence the vaccines we were talking about and so forth. Um, something's wrong in America today. Yeah, very wrong. Um, Doug, can you give us maybe uh, one or two of your most remarkable fungal cases that that you've that come back to your mind? Yeah, and boy, there are a lot of. Them. <clears throat> I was telling before we went on the air. I was telling Mamie and and Linda and John about um, the emails that we get here. You never saw an email when I began this show 17 years ago. Now we get several a week of miracles. That's the only way they can be explained. I don't know these people. They live in Bulgaria. Actually, we have a lot of friends in Australia, in uh, China, people who are going on what we call the Kaufman diet. And it's free, by the way. It's on our website, knowthecause.com. Just pull down diet and review it. These are foods that starve fungus but they'll nourish you. Uh, When I talk about diabetes and cancer, I think those are two of the most exciting because they involve the most tears. Dr. Weekly worked with me for six months and I literally used to pray, you know, when I went in there, here's a Johns Hopkins physician that rules that office with an iron fist. And I was going in telling him how to treat some of these patients. By six months, Dr. Ganino, he had Kleenex boxes ordered in every room because we'd tell people, look, I want you to go off. Just trust me on this. Follow this diet. You won't like it. It means coffee is gone for a couple of weeks. Yada, yada, yada. Follow this diet. You know, steam spinach and do this. Make your homemade soups. Juice a lot with raw organic vegetables and so forth. And we want you to take this little pink pill, you know, once a day, a little 200 milligram diflucan. And he finally got it at six months. He said to his nurse, Linda, let's get Kleenex for these rooms. The patients would start crying. And some of them, yes, had skin fungal conditions. He was a dermatologist. Uh, Some of them had cancer. Uh, Some of them had migraine headaches. And we began to see how broad the term systemic mycosis was. It it isn't just uh, skin. It isn't just gut. Uh, fungus can mimic, we call fungal infections the great pretender, um, and they do mimic. Here's a fascinating study and one that makes me happy. Uh, the journal Lung in the year 2013, I just showed this to a group of doctors. One of them was a pulmonary specialist whose practice has totally changed forever now. Uh, <clears throat> they did a, a study of all these people with lung cancer. 
And they uh, found that 27 of them, when they did further testing, I'm sure it was culturing, uh, didn't have lung cancer at all. They had lung fungus. It's called an aspergilloma or an aspergilloma ball in their lungs. And I'm telling you guys, I've seen them. They mimic lung cancer perfectly. So all these patients were on chemo and radiation. And these 27 patients that they talked about, they put on antifungal medicines. And a few months later, all of them were cured of their lung fungus. And yet, six yeah. months earlier, they all had lung cancer. Wow. So I think what, what I'm teaching these doctors to do now, we call them Linda Fupo heads. You know, fung- I was just going to ask you about that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's fungus until proven otherwise. I, I think anything that walks into a doctor's office uh, should be looked at as fungus until proven otherwise because the other diagnoses require such radical therapies and fungus, I don't know, swallow this pink pill and pull down Kaufman's diet and go on it for a couple of weeks and come back in. You didn't cure the problem in 14 days, but you finally diagnosed it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Reminds me of uh, Suzanne Summers' history, you know, which, you know, she's well-published now and, and a great spokeswoman for, uh, for, we'll call it our cause, the natural cause, but she went down the primrose lane and went in for follow-up and, you know, they shot a CT of her chest and said, you have all these white balls in your, in your mm-hmm. lungs. I'm sorry, but it's, you know, your cancer's back and we need to start you on chemotherapy right away. And she said, hey, wait a minute. You know, I don't feel perfect, but I don't think I'm dying. I think I want to get a second opinion. So she went to Nicholas Gonzalez in New York and uh, he said, I think I get, think you have fungal overgrowth in your chest. It's caused by all the acid caused by the chemotherapy and radiation and, and anesthesia you had from surgery. I want to treat you with antifungals and let's see what happens. Her lungs cleared up and here she is 10 years later and she just looks dino. I mean, Linda and I, we've been in, you know, had lunch with her, not with her, but in the same lecture hall and, uh, and have talked to her some. And, you know, she looks great, feels great. So. She's amazing. Okay. So uh, we're going to go to commercial and we come back. I think we have a question and uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, pitch that to Doug and we'll take it from there. Bye-bye. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you interested in finding the root cause of your personal illness? We are too. At the Ganino Center for Healing, located in Heath, Texas, we know there is always more than meets the eye when it comes to disease and illness. With a 15-point wellness program designed to give you organized information and tools, we will help you to get started on the road to true health. To understand more about Ganino Center for Healing, visit GaninoWellness.com or call our new patient coordinator at 469-402-2800. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
You are listening to Canino Wellness Radio. To reach our show today, call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ganinoradio at gmail.com. Now, back to Ganino Wellness Radio. Welcome back, everybody, and we're happy to have you back. And we have a caller on the line, and her name is Kimberly, and she's calling in from California, and we'd love to talk to you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I have a question for Doug. I, I, well, I guess for all of you. I have recently been, well, let me start at the beginning. When I came back from Israel in, um, okay. in March, um, I... I had contracted a cold, and, um, and it never went away. So I went to the doctor, and I had I'd been watching the Coffin Show for a while, and I never really thought of myself as being fungal. But after not getting over this cold, I went to the doctor and, and, um, and had to practically beg him several trips before they would do an aspergillus test, and they did find it in my blood. So I've been suffering for about eight months now, and... Um, the doctor originally wanted to do steroids, of course, and antibiotics, and I did not. Well, I took a few of the steroids, and I just dropped them after I heard what Doug said about them. Um, and when I asked him for Diflucan and Nystantin, he looked at me like I was from another planet, told me, we don't do that here. <laughs> so, um, now he wants me to do a CT scan, and I emailed this over to you, so, um, but I just thought I'd call <laughs> Okay, well, um, I, I'm afraid he's going to look at this CT scan. Uh, number one, I'm scared of doing a CT scan because of what it does to your body. But yeah, number two, it. I'm afraid he's going to see the, as, how do you say it, ascomite that Doug was That's talking nice. about and mistake it for cancer and just make things completely complicated. So, yeah, I, ha- I have to tell you, Kimberly, I'm going to tell you a quick story about a, a fellow that I knew, uh, 54 years old with a 22-year-old son, a 20-year-old son, and an 18-year-old daughter. Who was uh, went presented to the doctor with sinus infection? They gave him antibiotics, didn't work. He went back, didn't work, doc. I need something else. He gave him a different antibiotic. Went home, didn't work. Went back a third time, got antibiotics and steroids. Long story yeah. short, long story short, he ends up dying from cancer of the sinuses. And at one point in the process, they actually shaved half of his face off, so he was walking around with half of a face. So, well, let me tell you, in the 90s, well, late 90s, early 2000, I went through very similar, not shaving my face off, but the whole bout of sinus infections and antibiotics thrown after antibiotics, thrown after antibiotics, thrown after antibiotics. Yeah, we've got a, and, and I think I might have been the first to, to, to show this was years ago when Doug had me on the show. I walked in with an article from the Mayo Clinic that said 96% of a chronic sinus infection is fungal. 96% yeah. of the time when America goes to yeah. their doctor with a sinus infection, they don't leave with antifungal drug. They leave with antibiotics, which makes the problem worse. So, no. I can you, actually you, feel listen. a lump at the, the back of the base of my throat above, like, the top, the roof of my yeah. mouth, I guess. I can actually feel a lump there. But I don't. I feel like it's fungal and not. I mean, I really feel like it's fungal. I've been doing the things that Doug says. I've completely changed my diet. So I'm doing greens. Every day, I'm not eating any of the um, <laughs> of the big five that he talks about. You know, the wheat or the um, peanuts or you know any of those things. I, I've been 
switching out from caprylic to um, oil of oregano to olive leaf and doing everything that he's telling me to. I'm feeling better. I'm looking better. I've lost weight. My skin looks amazing, but the, the lump is still there. Okay, so do you have an ear, nose, and throat doctor in your, on your team right now or no? <laughs> like both of the specialists that I've been to, the, the, um, the ENT and the pulmonary, have both done the same thing. They wanna they wanna do the CT. They wanna give me the the okay. things what that are the, gonna what make is me the, feel. What does the ENT say about the lump? Um, I don't think I mentioned it to him, and he didn't see it because he was looking down my throat and not up towards my sinuses. But they both okay. asked me to do a, a CT scan. Okay, so I'm, so I I'm think I want you to get an opinion from a dentist, maybe. And Linda's Linda was in dentistry for years. So would you prefer dinner or, or oral surgeon? Uh, I would say a holistic dentist. Okay, so yeah, see a holistic dentist, get an opinion on the bump. We've got to make sure it's not anything significant, okay? Secondly, one CAT scan. Now, now I'm quoting uh, June 25th, 2012, Time Magazine. They cite the Journal of the American Medical Association, Lancet, and the American College of Radiology. The damage to your body from one CAT scan is equivalent to smoking a pack of cigarettes a day for 19 years. Okay, that's not John Ganino talking. That's the American uh-huh. College of Radiology talking. Okay, so you don't want a CT. I would Thank maybe get a different. I would maybe get a different ear, nose, and throat opinion. For. They may they may go up and clean out your sinuses. I'd be totally good with uh, you know scoop all of that junk out of there, put a suction thing up there, and suck it all out. Get you back to square yeah. zero. Then you got the Kaufman diet. You, you're pretty much there. Can I? Can I? Talk to yeah. Kim? Yes. Doug Meister. <laughs> the Doug Meister. Hey, Kim, <laughs> did, you say, did you say they confirm fungus up there? No, the, con- the, the fungus has been confirmed in my blood. I've been diagnosed with aspergillus in my blood. Okay. Yeah, it would be, be difficult if you had aspergillus in your blood and you didn't have it in tissues far away. So here's what I do. Uh, where are you in California? I'm in Orange County, Huntington Beach area. Okay, good. There's uh, Dr. Keneally who is out there, but I would go a little bit further um, to uh, uh, Mark Stengler. Mark knows what to do with these things. I refer a lot of people to him. He's not expensive. You will fall in love with him. He's right down near the beach, and he's a naturopathic MD, NMD, and uh, he will be able, so often you guys doctors put a light in your mouth and told you to close your mouth. They shut the light off in the room and they can see your sinuses. Yours won't light up. You probably have aspergillus, but I agree with what uh, the good doctor here is saying, Dr. Ganino, and that's don't be pound wise and penny foolish, right? Don't, don't, if this is a tumor, you know, we want to take care of it. But with regard to your current doctor, I, I have two words for him, <laughs> fire him. And find a doctor who will look at this from a fungal perspective. He's right. They don't do that there. Yeah. He doesn't know. know, I have to tell you, Doug, four months I've been, I've been, you know, kind of every other weekend just looking on the internet. I've got girlfriends and my mom even looked on the internet. We're having such a hard time finding anybody that deals with aspergillus that at least your efforts are done. Dave Wong out in Santa Monica. I would go see, if I were you, I'd go see Mark Stengler, written many books. He's a fungal pro. Tell him Doug sent you. He'll roll out the carpet for you. And in one or two visits, he'll have this taken care of for you. Oh, praise God. Yeah, I will make the trip down there. 
Good. I would do that. And thank you so much for joining us. Did you listen yesterday? I did. That's why I'm here. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. All right. You, I appreciate you so thank much. Thank you, for calling you're, in. you're making a difference in my life. <laughs> good. Good. Okay. So, um, I wanted to talk about another case that we had. Yeah, I was uh, before, when we were on break. There was a, a patient that came to us years ago, and uh, a sweetheart of a patient that um, had been uh, diagnosed with uh, cancer of the liver. And when she came in the first day, um, you know, her belly was very distended. Um, she was, you know, slight of frame, but her abdomen protruded immensely, and. Um, from this cancer and it was uh, mid-April and they gave her six weeks uh, to live and so we put her on the program basically the Hoffman diet, antifungals, you know, detox her liver, uh, coffee enema, intravenous glutathione to heal up her liver, test her for heavy metals, remove her metals, alkalize her pH with Alka-Salt at bedtime, make sure she's well hydrated, etc. And um, and, uh, you know, she functioned quite well, and it was important because she, you know, she had a daughter, and it was about 10, and, um, you know, um, we wanted to make sure that, you know, she had the maximum amount of life, which she did. She got, uh, with a six-week six prog six prognosis, uh, she lived for two years, and um, I can remember at one point in the process, the, uh, uh, her calcium got out of bounds, which they often do, and, and uh, we're, I think, experts at a lot of things, but, but high and low calcium is, is something that I usually try to involve an endocrinologist because it could have a parathyroid issue, and I don't want to miss it. So anyway, long story short, I'd referred her to the endocrinologist uh, to, uh, to get um, her calcium situation managed, and, and she called me. She called me on the phone, uh, the endocrinologist, and said, and she's, uh, she's Indian, you know, so I'll, I'll probably, you know, I'll, I'll butcher the, uh, you know, the accent. But she's like, Dr. Ganino, I don't understand what you're doing with this patient's liver, but she just keeps getting better and better. And, uh, and so that was, that was fun. It was, it was great because we actually watched her abdomen shrink down probably to about a quarter of the size that it was initially. So it was a, you know, it was a success, and obviously we would have loved for her to be here longer. And and we really excel at, at, at uh, treating people further upstream. We like them to come in when they're first having symptoms, not when they're have six weeks to live. But um, anyway, so Doug, I just want to thank you so much. And again, it's a friendship that goes back 20 years. And I, I uh, you know, I had uh, dinner with Dr. Steven Sinatra a couple weeks ago, and he said, you know, John, I just, I think you guys, you and Doug are just, you know, you're just catching your stride, and uh, and I think he's right. You know, it's it's been fun, and I look forward to, to more years of association uh, with you. Yeah, me too, and, and Linda, you also. I mean, what a compelling story. I hope you write a book. I really Thank think you. there's a book out there. Someone survives 90 days, that's really exciting. Somebody survives 33 years, that's a book. You know, thank you. That's a book. So okay. thank both of you. This was my, my honor. Thank you, Doug. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Ganino Wellness Radio. Please join your hosts, Dr. John and Linda Ganino, again next Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For an appointment with Dr. John Ganino at his practice in Heath, Texas, please call 469-402-2800. 
Enjoy your upcoming weekend.